The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football and basketball this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, or any of the individual games that you can find, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring your own home league over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code 5RSN and you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's right. Use the promo code 5RSN and use a 100% deposit match up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk-in, call-in, click-in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arte. I got Chris Kaufman is here with me. Simon Clancy is not. He has the day off on trade deadline. We're actually recording this 30 minutes before the trade deadline. So a trade may come in, but we know one trade won't come in. Deshaun Watson will not be a Miami Dolphin, at least not yet. Until how does, maybe how does Simon get the day off on the trade deadline? Where's that? Uh, where's that vacation package? Oh, we, we made a compromise earlier today so he could record and then give you the day off on Wednesday. Evidently, the guy here, around here that doesn't get any days off is me. 
that is that that is absolutely true. That is one hundred. I even do a Buffalo. You know, I'm doing a Buffalo Bills podcast today. That is your I choice. Do. All right, I take no I take no responsibility for that. I just want to. Why be, would you do a Buffalo a, Bills podcast? Yeah, I want to be. I want to be around uh, some winning. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I so I've been doing well, that podcast for a year. I kind of like those guys too. You know what I mean? Like they're not obnoxious. You know what I mean? <laughs> although, although they which, have like a, actually, which which podcast is it? What's the name of it again? Rock Pile Report. Rock Pile Report. Okay, I'm gonna have to um, remember that because I I I now know like uh, a guy who's. Uh, he was dating like a, a friend and uh and he's a buffalo bills he, i guess he used to be a um like a a local journalist down here but um but he's a huge bills guy he's got like bills tattoo and everything like that i'm like mm-hmm. you poor soul well for most of your life you're poor so you poor soul but right now it's going pretty pretty good yeah i do their i do their, their podcast every week and mm-hmm. you know it's not that i do the entire podcast i do 10 minutes but I get this sense of disappointment in their voice when they talk to me every single week. Like if I'm disappointing them I, on you know, your I, behalf, like, like disappointed I, for you. Yeah. Like they're disappointed for me. Like, yeah. Wow. You're getting yeah, like, sympathy from the bills fans. Yes. Like they, they've been telling me for two years that it's going to be cool when we're good, because then we could rekindle the, the rivalry and we all hate the Patriots equally, which I think we can agree on. And we yeah, kind of right, pity the right. Jets. Even, you know, we're horrific. And the Jets may have had a thrilling victory against the Cincinnati, uh, checks notes, Cincinnati Bengals. Right. But, <laughs> you know, it's still the Jets, right? Like, you know. Still the Jets. Like, like, we better beat them twice this year, by the way. Because if not, it's not, it's just the Jets. No, it's. Are we really oh, in shit, position to Jets. say that we're going to beat anybody twice? No, we're not. We really aren't, right? <laughs> Simon today on OnlyFans, spoiler alert, like uh, a lot of stuff has gone on there today. We urge you to join there for $3 a month. Simon today actually said, I'm looking at this schedule. Looks like six six and one to me coming up. And I'm thinking to myself, this team is going to get it together all of a sudden to go six and one. I thought he was high. (laughs) Like I asked if he was, I asked him if he was in the hospital. If he was in the hospital again and like his morphine button had broken and he was just, he was just getting extra juice because he, he had to be high. Yeah. As always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Five R is sent for 20% off your entire order. You get the choice, Chris. Do you want to talk about the game or you want to talk about this trade deadline and all the machinations that came to it? Do we have to talk about either? <laughs> Didn't we promise that we'd do a trivia pursuit game on this uh, on the podcast? Like we just drink and do trivia pursuit. Yeah, but that's what that's what Simon when he comes. Oh, back, we have to right? get Simon on for that. Yeah, yeah. there's this uh, okay. Report. Well, let's let's cover let's cover let let's do real quick on the game. Okay, all right. Um, I'll I'll start first. Hold on, I've got I've got a uh, I've got a. Uh, a pool guy here and i'm just gonna ask him in and just have him kick me in the balls real quick on air <laughs> i am he is here by the way it's like in the backyard it's kind of weird yeah so, so you don't do your you have a saltwater pool you have a i have a saltwater system and and i just i just moved into this place and i'm not fucking it up so 
Um, okay. You I know how easy it is to maintain a saltwater pool by yourself? It is very easy. It is insanely easy. And I, I maintained a, uh, it's, a it's like a YouTube, like... it, it's a YouTube video and a trip to your local pool store that easy. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I'm just completely lazy about this and there's, there's absolutely no reason, but, um, but you know, here we are. Yeah. Well, I will admit, I watched this game kind of disinterested, you know, uh, just staring at a screen and As watching guys in dolphin uniforms running around against guys against Bill's uniform. And after like a while, last, I looked at the scoreboard years. and it hadn't changed. It was tied. And we were actually giving away points as a snap hits Mike Gusecki in the leg or in the balls, wherever it was. Jason Sanders misses what is supposed to be a chippy for him. So you can make the case we blew what should have been like a 9-3 lead at halftime, right? But here we are, and it's late in the game. Tua drives him down, gets a touchdown. It's 17-11. I fist-pumped. I actually fist pumped. Did you really? Yeah. Have you learned then, nothing? Yeah, yeah, I didn't learn anything. But at 1711, I began to believe. I, I was like, holy shit. Who am I do this? If he if we could get a stop, big if, right? Big if though. Big <laughs> okay. if. If we could get a stop, I'm looking at that clock and I'm saying. Man, this thing is looking like we could get two possessions against one. And if Tua could get like 10 points on those two possessions, I think we win this game. And you know what? No. Honestly, if we did get a stop on defense, it felt like we probably would. Just the way Tua generally plays in the fourth quarter, the way he had just Mm -hmm. played on that last drive. I mean, it just it seems like this thing that whatever you want to say about Tua, he sucks in the second, third quarter. I don't care. You know, whatever. Um, For some reason, it just comes on in the fourth quarter. And um, I I mentioned before, I don't know if this is still true. I'd have to check. But he was at one point literally the highest, had the highest fourth quarter passer rating since uh, 1994, I want to say, something around around that Mm -hmm. time. Um, In, you know, NFL history going back however many years. Uh, And he just kind of does it in the fourth quarter. But... um, Alas, we didn't get that stop. Yeah, and yeah, on ESPN, they have that phony baloney QBR stat, which they still haven't released the formula for. And two is the <laughs> fourth best quarterback in the NFL in the fourth quarter. Yep. At QBR, sense. whatever that means. Yeah. Well, whatever <laughs> that means. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're watching this. I'm watching this game, and I don't know what, what this is my impression of the game. Brian, it, it took Brian Flores three years. You know what? I'm I'm going to be generous about this. I'm going to give him the, the first year as a, as a buy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to charge him last year. I'm going to definitely charge him this year. So it took him a year, like a full calendar year, to figure out what to do with Josh Allen. And it seems to have worked. Problem is you got to score probably 24 points to beat them if you're going to play really well on defense, which I thought they did for the most part your thoughts on what they were doing and did we solve the puzzle finally? <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly, I'm not sure that we actually solved the puzzle because I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to imagine unless you've watched Josh Allen play 
you know, quite a bit, but it's hard to imagine for Dolphins fans because it never happens against us. But sometimes the guy just doesn't have a great day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, I, I watched it in the first week of the season when they lost to the Steelers. Um, I was just not having a great day, you know, period. And, and it wasn't even the Steelers. I went and faded the Steelers in the next game because I was just like, you know, Steelers didn't look good in this in that, mm. in, the, in that game. They won, but they didn't look good. And, um, you know, sometimes the guy just doesn't have a great day. So I'm not convinced it, if we do it. If we start doing it like, you know, multiple times and I'll start to be convinced that we found something, but it didn't even last the whole game. And so sometimes guy just doesn't have a good stretch. That's all. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you uh, another thing uh, for next year, because this year's done next year, obviously, you know, it's the NFL. Every season, it's it's his own animal. So next year, you do expect to try to beat Buffalo at least once and be in try. competition for the division. You just do. It's the NFL. You're going to have all that cap space. You're going to have a further year to add talent to this team, further development of some of your younger players, mostly your quarterback, who you hope gets Who are the coaches? Better. I'll tell that's you if we an- compete. Tell me who the coaches are. I'll tell you if we compete. That's that's another yeah. thing, right? But it's happened no, all the it's, time. It's it's like the thing this yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you watch that game and you watch some of the all twenty two, which I did this morning. That defense. Sometimes you just have to tip your hat and say, you know what? That that's a really good defense. That Buffalo oh, Bills yeah. defense. The Buffalo Bills defense is phenomenal. They it's were, they were overwhelming, and you really have to step away, right? Mm-hmm. And then go look at what Patrick Mahomes did against that defense. Go look at what other guys have done against that defense. They don't do much. Yeah. The Bills, oddly enough, is Tannehill, who's the only guy who's been pretty yeah. successful. Well, they never beat Tannehill. <laughs> okay. So if the Buffalo Bills face any quarterback in the league except Ryan Tannehill, you know, they're kind of golden. Okay. Yeah. Jim they were right overwhelming. Now. Right now. I, yeah. I, usually that sort of that sort of stretch just seems like it never lasts an entire season. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, we'll see, like, as it, it, it could start to get dismantled even by the end of the year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly the, right now they're, they're in full, they're in full flower. So, yeah. And I, the more I look at it and I saw the all 22, you want to beat them next year. You kind of ha- had the defense going in the right direction against them. You have it going in the wrong direction against everybody else, but against them, you have it going in the right direction. And they seem to really shy away from our two corners who I thought played really, really well in this game. I think you need yeah, balance they, on offense. They stepped up. You need balance on offense. You need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to have a, a pretty nice mix of run pass. And you just need improvements across the board on the offense. You're going to need a capable offense to beat them. And that's just a fact. And they don't have it. They don't even have, they don't even have half of it right now, really. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you saw, but I'm. That's what I got from the game. Is like, man, I sure would have liked to had a running game in this game. Well, we don't. It's it's not. I mean, the running game would have been nice, but it's that the running backs are generally. I mean, they're they're sub average. Um, mm. You know, I and I, I get I get in trouble because everybody every time I say something like that, oh, but Miles Gaskin is so what? No, not really. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's painfully average because he's average at literally everything that he does, which makes mm-hmm. him sub-average. 
you know, because yeah, a lot of the other occasional, guys actually, the occasional, actually have strengths. You know? Yeah, the occasional eye-popping play, uh, everybody mm-hmm. does that. Uh, Devontae Booker last night had a run. Everybody an gets an opportunity run. to do that, right? Yeah, Devontae Booker last night is, he's a nobody. He had an mm-hmm. 11-yard run last night, which was, was as good as an 11-yard run as you're going to find all year in mm-hmm. the NFL. It just happens. It just doesn't happen that often, right? And right. if it doesn't happen that often, that's that's the that's the reason the guy is, is sub-average. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know, we, we had some hopes for Savan Ahmed, and, you know, there's there's problems with him. Um, there's problems with Miles Gaskin. Uh, all of them have problems reading, you know, reading from the backfield and, and seeing the hole um in a timely manner uh all of them you know will catch a ball and just you know get whatever the defense is giving them even and the and that may include a missed tackle because hey you know defensive players fuck up they do that they 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 take a bad angle and you know your guy and they take a they take a bad angle and then your guy is a nice beneficiary of a you know of a broken a broken tackle and and he gets a little extra yards that that's going to happen but how often is it your guy doing the thing that does it that that creates that situation? How is it is it, you know is your guy making the play? Mm-hmm. And um and we don't have guys that make the plays. Uh, they take they they take they're all right at taking what's there. Sometimes they're even bad at that. Um and so we don't have great running backs. And then we have probably the worst offensive line we have seen as uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah. Which is I saying agree. quite a bit. I mean, it's saying a lot. That's a, that is a mouthful given what we've seen for the last three decades or two decades. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so forget about balance in the, in the running game. I'll take playmaking from the running back position because I don't mm. think that we're going to achieve that balance. Um, like it's not even on the menu. So, so I would at least just take the playmaking and we're not getting that either. And, um, and so, you know, what are, what are we getting against the, you know, we got the worst offensive line we've ever seen in Miami trying to pass protect uh, for five yard routes. And, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know, what looks good on paper or in theory doesn't work out because the worst case scenario happens. And, you don't plan on it. Nobody ever plans on the worst case scenario, but sometimes it happens. When yeah. the season started, you had drafted Jalen Waddle six overall. Yep. You had Devontae Parker, who you kind of like as a player, and I still like as yeah, a player. Sure. I just don't like his availability, and he showed up again. It's another. Oh, big nobody game. ever likes his availability, but but he, he shows up. He plays. Yeah, when he's in when he's in uniform, he's an above average wide receiver, and sometimes well above average, like he'll make winning plays mm-hmm. like he That's did. Against I, agree, the, I agree with it. I agree with it, but the they forget, they forget about him though. Yeah. It's like, it's like he, he turns it on when they, when he gets pissed off at some point in the game and goes up to them and say, you know, Hey, I'm actually here today. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. And It'd be a good idea. If you it would be, it would be understandable. If they didn't. It'd be understandable yeah. if they didn't know that because he's never there. But like he's actually like, hey, he's like the kid that that never shows up to class. And yeah. he's like, you know, hey, I'm here today. You know that? Like, um, like he he goes up there, he's pissed off, and he's like, Hey, I'm here, you know, I'm here playing. Why don't you throw the ball to me? And then they they do, and he he gets all pissed off and he makes a bunch of plays and he, he does really well. Um, but that seems to be like all he offers the team. And um, and that's you know, because 
they they forget about him some of the time he's not there some of the time and then some of the time you know everything meets meets well and then he's making some plays but you yeah. know then as you say will fuller does he does he even want to play football i don't i don't i don't know yeah, and then does. you have is that fair is that fair? and that was that it's completely fair it's the it's the flip side of the coin you go out there in preseason or actually in the off season because they had they got them well before the preseason they got them right in the smack dab in the middle of the free agency pe- period oh yeah and we were pretty excited about it this is a guy that played every single game last year he was phenomenal last year phenomenal and play and and play again i'll, I'll repeat that because i know that now it sounds like i'm speaking mandarin chinese okay he played every game last year as in he was never injured never left the game he actually he actually left the Kansas City game for three plays came back and caught another 40 yards worth of footballs okay he was fine okay so well, it's, it looks like a good signing right he didn't Wrong. only play 15 games last year he missed a game yeah didn't he but well yeah but he was uh, suspended oh suspended or sorry not 15 games i I mean 11 games he played yeah Yeah, he he played 11 he was suspended for pd so even when he was healthy he got himself suspended (laughs) (laughs) yeah so maybe the suspension saved him from the injury right probably but still you couldn't have predicted this i understand his history the steroids saved him from the injury the suspension (laughs) came because of the steroids (laughs) yes that's that's you know maybe that was the mistake right but you get Will Fuller, you're pretty excited about it, right? And then uh, he doesn't play football. Like, he doesn't, you can't be good if you don't play, right? No, you don't play. He doesn't play. Yeah. You know, and you actually, you're actually hurting the team because you got cap dollars sitting in mm-hmm. IR and on the well, bench. And also opportunity costs. I mean, you, you go with him and then you don't go with somebody else. Yeah. You know, uh, you passed up what? You passed up a more possession type and Marvin Jones probably. Oh, who yeah. was he, much, he, much, much cheaper he, and probably would have signed a little would, longer to turn deal. Right he would have helped us out. Yeah, and he's playing well. And, well, we saw him firsthand. He kind of smoked us in London, he right? He did. Got <laughs> 100 yards worth of balls just to make sure that, that we knew it. So everything goes. He wanted to be here, by the way. He wanted to be here. I had that firsthand. I had yes. that from a person that knows him directly. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be here. He wanted yeah, to be he, in my he was lobbying for most of the offseason to, to be yeah. here. Okay. So all of that goes sideways. And now you're left with I think you would agree with me. You got to overhaul the offensive line. You got to overhaul the wide receiver core in the offseason. Agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd shit can and, all these and, guys and, and, just and the running backs unit. Like <laughs> well, the running backs unit, to be fair, I think they need one guy. And then Use these guys as what they are, number twos and number threes. Really? You know? I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind Gaskin as the number two or Ahmed as the number two or number three. Like you get like those guys are capable backups. If they're playing 10, 12 snaps a game, that's fine. But you need a 25 to 30 snap guy. And they don't have one. At least not on the roster. So yeah, I think you gotta. You, you need one guy at running back. You need to overhaul the wide receivers. You need to overhaul the offensive line. That's a fact. I think it's a fact at this point because you just can't count on these guys. And and that's even bringing back Devontae Parker just because of his salary and his production. You know, so I I, I, I figure they've got to move on. 
Uh, of Devontae Parker, too? Yes. Ah, they, can't, but... they can't go, you know, sort of like, remember when Bill Parcells came to Miami um, after the 2000, the disastrous 2007 season? And mm-hmm. there's a story of how he, like, you know, he, he, he holds up, basically he holds up, like, the medical the medical book and like file or mm. whatever uh, from, from the previous season. Cause we had tons of tons of injuries in 2007. Right. Um, mm. It was why one of the reasons we went one and 15 and he just like throws it in the garbage and said, this isn't happening anymore. And, and, you know, that's, that's the way Parcells op- operates. He's like, you're not getting hurt. We're not getting people who get hurt. And, mm. um, and, you know, I, I know that's like, everybody's like, how can you possibly, nobody asks to be hurt. Nobody can control that. Well, and, and to some, to some extent, maybe, maybe you can, uh, and, and part of it, a big part of it is who you get here and, um, who you bring in. And I just, I feel like after this disaster, they've got to do the same thing and say, we're just not doing this anymore. You know, we're not signing Will Fuller. We're not rostering and paying Devonte Parker. We're going to pay guys that are going to be here that, you know, we're going to draft, we're going to pay, and we're going to, you know, employ guys that are going to be here. And uh, Devonte Parker, that means he's out in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and that would mean that Jalen Waddle has proven so far to be pretty durable for such a small guy. He's taking some big hits. Yes. You know, so and and Gasecki's a but you, you like knew him. you knew that he wouldn't you knew that he's going to come in for as as much as he possibly can. I mean, he he did that Alabama. Like, did you see him hobbling around at that in the playoffs mm-hmm. at Alabama? Like, he was not healthy. <laughs> like, he no. had broken his ankle and he he looked like he had a broken ankle, but he still was out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's you know that's that's part of it is getting a guy who's just going to come out there no matter what and and um, and that's a tough guy and that's a real that's a real tough guy and i'll give you another one and uh shout out to to big o uh orlando azalgary who had an an argument with with omar kelly and in my opinion set him straight omar kelly was saying that mike gasecki can't be um uh, he can't be uh classified as a tough guy He's as tough as they come. Do you remember what happened to him last year? Turns out he tore his labrum. Mm-hmm. You know what his first thought was after that Kansas City game? We're in a playoff race. If I could sit out one game, I'll be back for the last two. And he played in the last two and played well mm-hmm. in, in, in Las Vegas to win that game. Those are the guys that you want on this team. And he does play hurt. Mike Gusecki plays hurt. Okay, he's not the greatest blocker on earth. I think he's kind of adequate. And if you watch Travis Kelsey last night, everybody who tells me the same thing, okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mike Gusecki is a terrible blocker. Okay, watch Travis Kelsey. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this never, is not never George been Kittle. That good. Yeah, yeah, none of those guys are any good. No, none of those guys are good blockers. Uh, I mean, you know, Kittle's uh, the one, and he, and he plays in an offense where he has to be. Yeah, and Zach Ertz is lighting the league on fire ever since he got to Arizona. He is the most, he is the worst blocking tight end in in all of the NFL. Like, he's not even a willing blocker. He's like a laughable blocker. Oh, (laughs) lay. You know, like he gets, he gets out of the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) when guys, when guys are going to make contact. So, yeah, very few keepers on this offense, but I think they have to start there. Uh, And that's how you get better. 
to beat this team hopefully next year. Obviously, it didn't happen this year. They took a step forward as far as their defense, being able to compete just a little bit. I think now, if, you know, if these guys, the Flores and, and whatnot, you know, and Greer, if, they, if they're here again, I think that's probably that's probably one of the big takes is they're not going to fuck around with like they will take less talent now they will take less talent for availability like i think that they have learned this like a really hard lesson that way and and they're gonna that's that's probably what you're gonna see in the uh in the off season yeah and uh let me ask you this before we move on to deshaun watson and all the news that came out today uh in dallas and I, you know, I keep close tabs on on that team. I find that team fascinating. They have a lot of talent, but uh, you're aware of what's happening with Leo Collins over there, right? Yeah, he's essentially lost his job to Terrence Steele, and they kind of explained it in kind of blunt terms. Leo Collins didn't do too much in the off season, and Terrence Steele had a strength issue that he seems to have corrected in the off season with heavyweight training, gained a lot of weight, got slimmer got stronger they gave him the job over leo collins after leo collins left uh, an early game against against the the bucks with injury leo collins comes back and now they're saying terrence Steele is the starter going forward and leo collins is a backup guard now so they're rewarding the guy that worked in the offseason over the guy that has the larger investment that does not seem to be the way that this team seems to operate hmm. your thoughts either way yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have thoughts. I'm just, you know, I I think that, like I said, I mean, we're we're gonna see it in the off season strategy, and you're gonna see this play out. Do you think that that's something that they should do? They should just reward the guys that actually work hard, that actually, you know, for like. Well, there's always work, been that on this. Praise, L- give a shit. Anyway, there's always been that element on 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 a Brian Flores team. Anyway, um, you know, so. Just, and I, especially if you look on defense, uh, um, where Josh Boyer is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's always got a, he's always had a thing for the little guy for the, mm-hmm. um, for the hard work of the undrafted free agent, as opposed to the, as opposed to the no Igbenogany, you know, coming with a high, uh, pedigree draft pedigree and, and just sit his ass on the bench because he's not getting it. Um, so I think to some extent there's always been that, and I don't, I don't know that, I don't know if that's missing. I really think it's on the, I really think it's on the personnel side of things where even if you look at something like, um, like if you look at Jalen Waddle as the, as the wide receiver, like he's been, he's tough. He's tough. We know he's tough and we know he, he'll play, but uh, he also, you know, he's, he's slight and he did get hurt last year. And, um, and so if he's, if he got hurt this year, would anybody really be shocked? Like if he got hurt this year, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I watch him play. I watch the way he plays and he takes some hits sometimes. And he's like, no, God, you know, maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's going to hurt that ankle again or something like that. Um, and then you, you circle back and they take Jalen Phillips who had concussion issues, you know, big time in, in college. Uh, anybody really surprised if he starts, gets a revisit from the concussion issues? No, not really. Not really, but wouldn't really be that surprised. They, they, they signed Will Fuller. I mean, well documented on that. They keep Devonte Parker as a big cog in the offensive structure. Mm-hmm. Well documented. Right. Um, I think that, uh, I think that they, 
Oh, they fucked around and found out. And, um, and, and I think that, uh, I, they're not, you're going to see so much different and you're going to see so much different in the personnel strategy this off season because they got burned for it. They have been burned for it continuously. And, mm-hmm. um, and it even goes back on the defensive side with Xavier Howard, he is going to be gone. Um, you know, that is a man that doesn't necessarily stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Although think, they turned uh, down trade offers. We don't know what those trade offers were. Yeah, well, we'll see. They, yeah, well, they turned him down at the trade deadline. He was a hot commodity yeah, well, as far as... He was a hot commodity. And, and what, what was the offer? Bag of chips, you know? Um, Who knows what, what, they, what was offered? Listen, it was probably a significant offer. It was probably not a very significant offer. If it's a trade deadline offer on a team that is one in seven... And, you know, everybody's ever, this is like shark smelling blood in the water. They're after the, they're after Miami to see if they're just fire sailing talent for nothing. Right. Because now we're, we're, we're not going forward with these guys. We're just going to go ahead and sell them off and, t- and get our draft picks and start over again. That's what you're looking at when, when teams are calling a one and seven team about an, uh, Xavier Howard. Okay. They're not calling a one and seven team about Xavier Howard and saying, we'll give you first and third round picks. Bullshit. Bullshit. Mm. Not happening. That's not true. Um, and so I, you know, yeah, they, they, they said no. Unless but, you're the Rams. Like if the Rams had more first round picks, they'd be, they would. Well, yeah, of course. They'd, if they had any picks left, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be signing. Them. They'd I don't be think signing. they're making they're a draft mortgage. pick until 2024. <laughs> I think so. Uh, they would, they would make Pat Riley proud. Um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that they probably did not get a very serious offer for Xavier Howard. I had heard, you know, maybe a linebacker and some some draft picks. And, and in the end, it's like, well, the team is one and seven. They're not a linebacker away from anything. They're probably just they're probably just draft picks, draft picks and, and not linebacker and draft picks. And. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I think that uh, I think that Xavier Howard will be gone in the offseason. They'll try and trade him. And um, I think that Devontae Parker will be gone in the offseason. Will Fuller will certainly be gone in the offseason. Um, they're just going to have a bloodletting of these injury-prone guys, uh, including on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I wouldn't include Jerome Baker in that, you know, even though he's, he's got like a little injury right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I th- overall, just thematically, wait for it. All right, moving on to Deshaun Watson. I found this report extremely um, odd, and it's from Jordan Schultz, who actually covers basketball, but he's a he's verified. He has ninety thousand Twitter followers. He has a little blue check mark, which means like everything you say is the truth, right, uh, Chris? Supposedly, I don't have one, so I don't have to tell the truth. Yeah, so if you have a blue check mark, you always tell the truth on Twitter, especially. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm told Dolphins head coach Brian Flores believes in Tua and remains confident the former number five. I'm I'm laughing as I read it. The former number five pick can help them become a championship caliber team. And he's gone on to say that Brian Flores is the guy in his corner. And it's all these mean owners and general managers and scouts that want Deshaun Watson. Do you believe any of that? I mean, listen, so the, the trade deadline passed and we should be celebrating because we weren't like, I can't wait until this trade deadline passed and we don't have to hear about this shit anymore. But then there was like the last kick in the teeth, um, like small, yes. it's not even that big of a deal, which is, you know, that Steve Ross actually 
got permission to and and phoned up Deshaun Watson last night and had a conversation with him, uh, which totally harkens back to the Jim Harbaugh, Tony Sperano thing. It, you know, just really. Um, yeah, although really Josina Anderson back. is now disputing that the conversation ever took place. So, oh, really, <laughs> Josina? Well, Josina, Josina, that's one of those people when she talks, you listen. So, yes, but um, so anyway, uh. There's there's that little tiny kick in the teeth. Actually, I expected the kick in the teeth to be the Houston Chronicle and and or you know Ian Rappaport's and one of those guys saying that the Dolphins and and Texans have agreed in principle on the parameters of the deal and will execute it in the offseason, you know, once his once his legal issues have uh, have have gotten behind him. Like I expected that to fully be like that's the way that this doesn't end. Um, is is to say that oh yeah, it's an agreements in place. It's it's done deal, done deal. Mm-hmm. You know they've they've already they've already agreed on it. They're just they just can't execute it right now because of you know quote unquote reasons. Um, and so I thought that that was going to be the case. It wasn't, or at least not yet. That's not what we're seeing. That's not the spin that we're seeing yet. Uh, instead, they're they're talking about how Stephen Ross, I guess, evidently phoned him up, or maybe he did, or maybe he didn't. Josie Anderson says no. Um, and, and I just, it just feels hollow. Like it feels, it feels like it should be like, finally it's over and, and it still feels hollow because what you're left with have gutted, um, they have gutted to a tongue of Iowa, kneecapped him really um, this whole off season. And for what, and for what um, to keep their options open. And that was the bottom line. That was always the bottom line. It's just, mm-hmm. it was never, I, I do not think it was for one moment in my mind. I do not think it was ever about 2021. I do not think anybody on the dolphin side who seriously contemplated seriously contemplate. Cause I see these reports. It's like, well, if his, if he gets his legal issues behind him, it's like, okay. Anybody who seriously contemplates it knows that he can't get his legal issues behind him that, mm-hmm. that fast. That's not a very serious thing to say. Um, anybody who seriously contemplated on this dolphins, uh, on the dolphins knew that this wasn't going to happen in 2021. So what was this? This was about not pissing off Deshaun Watson. This was about keeping the dialogue open with the Houston Texans. And it was always about 2022. It was always. And I think the worst thing that could have happened to the Dolphins in this case, especially to a bunch of uh, weak spineless decision makers like the Dolphins have is that Deshaun Watson made it known that he wants to be a Miami dolphin and that they're the, they're the team that he would drop his no trade clause for. I think that paralyzed them from that Mm -hmm. point on that they couldn't decide whether they're coming or going after that. Like (laughs) they couldn't decide, are we getting him or are we not getting him? Well, we're kind of in between. Well, we can't, we can't piss them off. Well, we can't piss off the Texans either. We can't, we, we're not, we don't want to piss off to a tongue of Iowa. Well, you know, we'll just no comment this all, all day, you know, uh, and I think that they got stuck in this paralysis because of the the opportunity that was dropped in front of them by the fact that Deshaun Watson is like, you know, yeah, I, I, this is the team I want to be on. And so from there, they're like, they can't make a high conviction decision. They can't make a high conviction decision that like two is our guy. Nope. This is, this is where we're going with this two is our guy. And that's it. They can't make a high mm-hmm. conviction decision to say, we don't want any part of this Deshaun Watson legal mess. Not, not us. Sorry, we're done. Or, or a high conviction decision, the total other direction. You know what? We're getting them. I don't care what anybody says. We're getting them. This and is when an people say that, that it's hard, that it's hard not to do uh, the latter, 
think about it like this. Didn't they put didn't they, didn't it leak and today it's being reported as well that Stephen Ross is the one who made the final decision and said no, we're not mm-hmm. trading for Deshaun Watson because he can't fix his legal issues and I need I need I need that requirement. Yeah. They could have done that months ago. They could have said months ago. Months ago they could have said, you know, Deshaun Watson, there's a million ways you could phrase it. You could say Deshaun Watson is a fabulous talent. We would be crazy not to explore it, which is all true. It's absolutely true. But we are uncomfortable with his current legal status. Once that clears up, we may have uh, uh, more clarity on the issue, period. We'll revisit. Could have have happened months ago. Months ago. Yes. And and so I think that I think that here's the reality. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? And you have to explore this. You have to really explore this and think it through. And it's because they didn't want to piss Watson off. And they also didn't want it. They also didn't want to piss off the Texans to where they shut down. They shut down all the talks with Miami and like, okay, we're going to focus on Philadelphia and Philadelphia only now. Um, And I think that, you know, I go back to, you know, I was told by somebody who through somebody who knows, both Nick Casario and Brian Flores and Chris Greer and knows them and knows that they're all is familiar with their relationship with each other. And was like, you know, Nick Casario is going to try to fuck them. Like, and he was, he was very adamant about this. Nick Casario, they may know each other. They may eat at Hooters together, whatever, but Nick Casario is going to try to fuck them. And Brian Flores has a line he won't cross. And uh, Chris Greer definitely has a line he won't cross, but Nick Casario will try to fuck them. And I think that in, in what ended up happening is the Dolphins were interested, absolutely were interested in Deshaun Watson. We're lowballing because they know that Deshaun Watson only wants them, right? So, mm-hmm. so he's got leverage, and, and they're not going to pay Deshaun Watson a $17 million roster bonus next year, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they're, they tried to lowball them, and they did want, make no mistake, the Dolphins wanted Deshaun, Johnson, Deshaun Watson, but, um, but they're trying to lowball him. And put the screws to Nick Casario. And so what did he do in retaliation? What did he do to assert his own leverage? He kept the story alive in the press every single week, like clockwork for the last three months and and created this massive distraction and headache for the Miami Dolphins with the press and the media, with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, with everybody. And, you know, take a bow, Nick. They're one and seven. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly and, and so, and so I think, I think that that's, I think that, and Watson certainly helped on his end because he wants to go to Miami and he's, and he wants to, you know, he wants his, he and his people want to downplay the, the fact that he is, uh, he's too, too hot to, to touch right now. He's too poisonous to touch right now. They want it. They want everybody to think that, you know, he's about to be traded for. And so I think that the combination, Nick Casario and Deshaun Watson, they were allowed to run amok. Uh, with the press and make it make it every week like clockwork a new report saying this is happening this is happening this is imminent this is it's a done deal it's it's happening tuesday you know so there's a there's a crypto saying it's happening tonight um and it's like every week like uh like clockwork it was like uh it was it was happening and i think that that was the dolphin's silence not controlling the narrative not controlling the story and the reason for that silence was the opportunity set and the opportunity set was never about 2021 it was always about 2022 and it was always about well what if tua does not play well this year Mm -hmm. and you know or and or gets hurt you know what are our options then well it would be nice to have this john watson option 
facing us in 2022. So they kept their options open and they got punched in the face for it continually for three months. And they probably threw away a season because of it. Because if you don't don't think that all these rumors, you know, all these, all this constant rumor mongering, you know, weighs heavy on a team. Look at what happened to the Miami Heat last year. Just, just wait until Deshaun or just wait until Tua Tonga Vailoa demands a trade in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to happen. Yeah. Which is, which is the next shoe to drop, right? Like that's, that's the next, the next one to drop is, is Tua plays really, really well. And then says, you know what? Maybe I want to go play somewhere else. Yeah, he demands a trade. He demands a trade somewhere else. And meanwhile, Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? You could you could really have that type of disaster brewing in your hands. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you could always tell you know Tua say you could always tell Tua like, look, you're under a rookie deal. You're playing here. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, sure. and just kick the can down the down the road until he really causes a stink. And maybe who knows? Maybe we trade him to the Texans back then. <laughs> you know, maybe. but yeah, Adam Schefter says that uh, that the Dolphins did not make any offer. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I think the Dolphins made an offer for for Watson around around the draft, and it was probably a low ball offer. And who knows if they revisited it? And it probably wasn't competitive. And here we are. Who who really knows? Because. Yeah. The Dolphins aren't the Dolphins apparently aren't going to do any control narrative control in the story until after the trade di- deadline is passed. And, um, you know, and so now now they've got people up there like, no, Steve Ross didn't phone call them. No, they never made an offer. You know, that that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but, you know, who who really knows? There's there's no way there's no way to know for sure you know what's happening here but i i can tell you what it damn well looks like and it damn well looks like for three months um nick casario and the and cal mcnair and the houston texans were able to control the narrative uh and and use it as leverage to the best of their ability because they were otherwise getting the screws put to them by deshaun watson's leverage and um and miami's and you know um by proxy miami's leverage and uh, and I think so. I think they they were getting back at the Dolphins, sort of, and and really trying to create leverage for themselves by controlling the narrative. And the Dolphins had to stay silent because they didn't want to piss Watson off and say, you know, they go out in the press and say, ah, oh, you know, I don't know about his legal issues. And Watson's like, what do you mean, my fucking? You think I'm guilty? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I think that I think that the Dolphins volunteered to be in that unfortunate position well the trade deadline has come and gone and all that's happened is no watson trade um they felt that no I, no parker trade no xavier no parker trade, trade. No, uh, that one no i could corroborate uh, th- no parker trade i could corroborate that one uh, barry jackson is saying that the dolphins fielded calls for Devontae parker and they turned them all down mm-hmm. um i'm told pretty much the same i'm told that xavier howard had a lot of suitors but the dolphins pulled them off the table very early on in the process. I, I mean, I don't think that they even fielded a call today. I think it was yeah. the past week they were, I'm pretty sure they didn't want um, Xavier Howard to even play once, you know, the trade, the trade deadline is coming up. Um, who knows? But what you know, they, they got, you know, they got fire sale offers. I mean, they, I'm oh, not you're so one, sure. You're one in seven. You're one in seven. You're, if you're one a Super in Bowl seven. Contender, you're looking to dump you gotta, off. You're looking you gotta, to dump assets. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you have a first round pick that's at the bottom of the first round and you're looking at your team saying, you know what? We could win a Super Bowl. Like Xavier Howard to, could be that piece. And really he does have two it. years left on his contract. You know? So I don't know. I don't know. I very much tend to doubt that. I tend, I think that you're looking at a one and seven team that's in fire sand mode and you're like, yeah, well, well, how? Well, are you are you are you or aren't you not looking to acquire some, gather up some assets so that you can start over? Yeah. And um, and so they're going to give 70 cents on the dollar. That's what you do. That's what you do. This, well, this good is thing the that it didn't sell because I'm one of those people that I'm one of those um, stubborn, um, you know, hold the line guys. This is a distressed asset sale. <laughs> okay. That is, let's end the show right there. This was a distressed asset sale. And that's, that's the best phrase that that you could summarize the entire season. It's been distressed. <laughs> yeah. The next time we talk to you, we will talk about Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans against Tua Valoa and the Miami Dolphins. That's the ultimate <laughs> kick in the teeth, Chris. What if okay? he plays? You oh, keep God, you keep you keep talking about the latest indignity. Mm-hmm. No, the latest indignity is yet to come. The latest indignity is Deshaun Watson activated on Wednesday and he plays on Sunday and beats us by 30. That's the latest. I would, I would pay to see that. I would pay to see that at this point. (laughs) All right. That's it. What do we care now? That's it. There's no more. The next time we talk, we talk to you guys, we will preview Deshaun Watson and the Texans coming into town to play to a tongue of Iowa and the Miami dolphins. But till then. Thanks for listening to three yards per caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.